Welcome to the Limitless Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us. We hope this message encourages you, inspires you, and helps build your faith. Enjoy the message. Proverbs 29, 18 is our theme verse. And um, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So I'm excited to be uh, continuing this series or concluding this series. Um, I like to think that I have a pretty good vision. It's, it's not as good as it used to be. Um, I felt like a couple years ago I had 20-20 vision. But um, as I get older, I guess it's not that great, but it's still good. Um, but I'm convinced that some of y'all guys, I've tried on y'all's eyeglasses, and I'm convinced that some of y'all are blind, like without those things. Have you ever done that before, where you try on somebody else's eyeglasses just to see how you look in them, or just to see like how they see, um, and just to see how like thick their lenses are? And if you're not careful, if you, if you put them on and you have them on long enough, it could actually start affecting your eyes, right? And you're like, sometimes I put them on, and I'm like, oh, man, that gave me a headache. Um, but... Today, my, my message I want to get over to y'all guys is God does not want y'all to see what others see or how others see. God wants y'all to see how he sees. Amen. Um, and the title of today's message is take the glasses off. Tell your, tell your neighbor, tell him, take the glasses off. <laughs> not your physical glasses. Some of you are taking y'all's physical glasses off. I'll explain myself in a moment. Um, there's a quote that says, I believe in Christ like I believe in the sun, not because I could see it, but by it, I can see everything else. And that's a quote by C.S. Lewis. That's one of my favorite quotes. Um, but th- that's what God has for us. He wants us to, to see things the way, that, the, the way that he does. He wants us uh, to have our eyes opened um, and so that we could see people and see things and view this world the way that he does. And... Um, there are things that God has called us to and things that he has for us that we can't yet see um, because we're looking through a prescription that's not from him. And we're, we're seeing things with lenses over our eyes or we're seeing, things, seeing the world with uh, glasses on that are not prescribed to us. Um, and today I'm not going to be very long because we want to do more uh, ministry, tra- ministry time at, at the end of this. Um, but I do want to give you all guys two things that are keeping us from seeing clearly. So we're talking about 2020 perfect vision, seeing with perfect vision. And um, our vision here at Limitless, um, I'm not sure if I've ever told you all this, I always, I tell it to our team, but our vision here at Limitless is to identify, uncover, and conquer all the things that limit us from being everything that God's called us to be. So identify, uncover, and conquer all those things. So that's what we're doing here tonight. And I want to give you all two things that are keeping us from seeing clearly. Um, but before I get there, there's, this, there's been a theme, um, theme story that I've kind of been using throughout, the, uh, throughout this vision series. And it's been about Abraham, right? We've been talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The, the first message we opened up with Abraham, how God gave him a vision for his life. And God uh, spoke blessing over him, and, and he blessed him. Uh, and then we talked about Isaac later on, about the vision for romance. And today I want to open up, I'm not going to talk about him the whole time, but I do want to open up this message talking about Jacob, 
Um, so Isaac's son. Um, but Jacob's name, we, we've mentioned this before, his name actually comes from a Hebrew word that means uh, deceiver. And Jacob lived up to that name. Y'all know, right? He, he lived up to the name. He was a deceiver. He, um, he lied. He manipulated his brother to steal his birthright. Um, he lied to his father, telling his father that he was his brother Esau so that he could steal his brother's blessing. So Jacob did li- live up to that name, which means deceiver. Uh, and, there, and I believe it was just a season in his life. I, this is not the way that Jacob lived all of his life, but there was a season in his life where he was lying and cheating and manipulating people for personal gain. Um, but the first thing that I want to talk about that, that's keeping us from seeing clearly, it's generational curses. The first thing that's keeping us from seeing clearly is generational curses. Now I want to talk about Jacob's life. Let's go to Genesis twelve ten. Um, Genesis 12 and verse 10. And this is actually uh, talking about Abraham. So check this out. It says, At the time, a severe famine struck the land of Canaan, forcing Abram to go down to Egypt, where he lived as a foreigner. As he was approaching the border of Egypt, Abram said to his wife, Sarai, Look, you are a very, a be- very beautiful woman. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Let's kill him. Then we could have her. So please tell them you are my sister. Then they will spare my life and treat me well because of their interest in you. And sure enough, when Abram arrived in Egypt, everyone noticed Sarai's beauty. When the palace officials saw her, they sang her praises to Pharaoh, their king, and Sarai was taken into his palace. Then Pharaoh gave Abram many gifts because of her. Um, and in verse 17, it says, but the Lord sent terrible plagues upon Pharaoh and his household because of Sarai, Abram's wife. Um, so basically Abraham lied. He lied to, um, to Pharaoh. He was actually lying to everybody that he was encountering saying that Sarah was, um, his sister and not his wife. If we go to Genesis 20, (coughs) Abraham does it again. All right. Genesis verse uh, chapter 20 verse, um, starting in verse one. It says, Abraham moved south to the Negev and lived for a while between Kadesh and Shur. And then he moved on to Gerar. While living there as a foreigner, Abraham introduced his wife, Sarah, by saying, she is my sister. So King Abimelech of Gerar sent for Sarah and had her brought to him at his palace. So I don't know what Abraham's problem was because he should have known that these guys were going to want to take her into their palace, right? And want to sleep with his wife. So... I don't know why he kept lying to, well, he says he was lying to them because he didn't want to get killed, but I feel like I wouldn't want them to take my wife either, right? <laughs> um, but this is, this is actually Jacob's grandpa. Abraham is Jacob's grandpa. So he, he has this uh, history of lying this way. Um, but let's continue to go. Let's, let's actually go to the next one, uh, Genesis chapter 26. Now, now let's, talk, let's talk about Isaac. Isaac is Abraham's son. And when Abraham said those lies or or told those lies, Isaac wasn't even born yet. And check this out in Genesis 26, verse one, a severe famine now struck the land as had happened before in Abraham's time. So Isaac moved to Gerar where Abimelech, king of the Philistines lived. Uh, Skip to verse six. So Isaac stayed in Gerar when the men who lived there asked Isaac about his wife, Rebecca, he said, she is my sister, he was afraid to say she is my wife. He thought they will kill me to get her because she is so beautiful. 
But sometime later, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out his window and saw Isaac caressing Rebekah. Immediately, Abimelech called for Isaac and exclaimed, she is obviously your wife. Why did you say she is my sister? Because I was, and he says, because I was afraid someone would kill me to get her for me, Isaac replied. So isn't that ironic that he, his son says the exact same lie as his father, right? So then Isaac's son, Jacob, goes on living a season of his life just lying and deceiving and manipulating. And, and that is what I like to call a generational bondage, where his father uh, would lie and his grandfather would lie. And, and it's something, as you can see, it's a spiritual, it's not, it's not by accident, it's a spiritual chain in Jacob's life where he's operating this way, in this spirit. Are y'all getting what I'm saying? Um, so in, many, in, in, in this instance, it was fear and insecurity in their lives that caused them to cheat, manipulate, and, and trick people. Okay, they're, they're afraid, right? They're insecure, therefore they did this. How many times, though, can we catch ourselves in those same situations? Where we're afraid of something or, or uh, we want personal gain and we begin to do things. Um, and sometimes we know it, too. We're like, I got, I, she get it from her mama, right? <laughs> Or, or, or people tell you that all your life, you're, you're just like your dad, right? In a negative way. They don't, they don't say it in a, in a nice way. Or you're just like your mom. Or, or, or you, you, you manip- you've been manipulating like your mom like, for a long time and this and that. And they say different things like that. Um, uh, another way this can manifest is, um, let, let's say, hey, your grandfather was an alcoholic. And y- your father was also an alcoholic. And now you're afraid that you're going to be an alcoholic. Or, or your grandfather was a smoker, and, and so was your father. He was a smoker, and now you're a smoker. And, and it's passed down from generation to generation to generation. Or another thing, maybe y- your grandmother was pregnant out of wedlock, and then your mother got pregnant out of wedlock, and maybe your sister got pregnant out of wedlock, and you're afraid and you're scared that you're going to get pregnant out of wedlock. Are y'all hearing me? Um, these, are real, these are real scenarios. Um, Another thing is, uh, my grandmother dealt with depression and fear. And so did my mother. She dealt with a lot of fear and anxiety. And so that's why I believe I deal with fear and anxiety, right? Maybe you've had those thoughts before. Um, but I'm telling you guys, that's, that's something spiritual. And it's something that happens pretty much. It happens without Jesus, without Jesus coming and breaking those curses. It happens to everybody. Um, my, my grandparents got a divorce, Right? And so my parents got a divorce, and now I'm afraid I'm going to get a divorce. And you live with that fear. And like, like I said, they're generational curses. Um, but if we're not careful, there's something called an inner vow that people say within themselves. And those inner vows can become generational curses. And then there's things that maybe your grandfather or your great-grandfather had, had said an inner vow in his life. Maybe um, I'm never going to say I love you. And then your father was like that. I'm never going to say I love you. And then they never told you that I love you. And it goes on and on and on. But I'm telling you, the time is now to break those generational curses over your life. Um, Maybe it's another thing is uh, you never cry in front of people. Maybe it was because your, your mother was like that or your, your father. Well, maybe not girls because girls cry over everything, right? 
But guys, hey, you have to have that macho um, look in front of everybody. You always have to, 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 to act like you're, you're a tough guy. And it was because your dad was like that and your, your granddad was like that and it's been passed down. Um, I'm telling you guys, that when you come to Christ and you give your life to Christ, those curses, they have to be broken in his name. In, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, I love this scripture. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Can you say amen to that? A new life has begun. But too many times us as children of God come into church every week, we're still operating under these curses, under this bondage that were passed down from our ancestors, that were passed down from our fathers and forefathers. Um, but I'm telling you, you've been adopted into a new family. You've, you, you, you've taken on a new name. And, and it could be the same thing for, for health, health reasons. You, you're, you're saying, oh, I'm dealing with this because my dad dealt with that and his dad dealt with that. Or, or the doctor asked you, hey, did your, um, did your dad deal with heart problems? Or did your, your granddad, what, what did your, your, your grandparents die from? And this and that, right? Don't they ask you that the, at the doctor nowadays? Why does it matter, right? Because <laughs> I'm telling you, when you come to Christ, there's new blood flowing through your veins, it's the blood of Christ. It's the blood of Jesus that, that breaks those curses, that breaks those bondages over our lives. Uh, Galatians 4, 4 says this too. It says, but when the right time came, God sent his son born of a woman subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave. Say that, say that with me in first person. I am no longer a slave. That wasn't with me, that was after me, but it, it works though, it's all right. Um, but now I'm God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. So, don't live a life like a slave in bondage to these generational curses when God has called us to freedom in Jesus. Amen? And later on, God actually changed Jacob's name um, from Jacob to Israel. And so here he is. He's, he's going out, deceiving people. He's tricking people with lying for personal gain. And when he encounters God face to face, God says, no, you're, you will no longer be called Jacob. You will be called Israel which means God fights. And how many of you would, would want God to fight for you instead of you fighting for yourself? Um, and it's easy. It's easy to live in generational bondage when you're fighting for your own vision. That's what we're talking about. We talked about the first week that we, we had to surrender our vision for God's vision. But when you're fighting for what you want, it's easy to live under these generational curses. Um, but when you're, you're living for God's vision, God fights for you. Amen. Um, so, so maybe you might have the thought, so I guess it's my parents' fault then, right? That I am the way I am. <laughs> but no, it, it's, not. It, it's not. It's not your parents' fault because we're, we're all accountable for our own actions, right? We're all, God's going to hold us accountable when we're before him 
He's not going to say it was because your your parents that you're like this or not. No, we, we have to be accountable for ourselves. And, and generational bondage is something that's spiritual, and, and uh, it's going to take repentance ourselves. It's going to take repentance, and it's going to take belief in God's word to overcome these generation the generational bondage that's in our lives. Amen. Um, it's going to take a stand where you say, "No more, devil." It's going to stop with me. This addiction. This bondage, it's not going to be passed on to my kids. It's not going to go any further than it already has. Are y'all with me? Bump your neighbor again. Tell them, take off your glasses. So that's the first thing. The first thing that could keep us from seeing clearly are generational curses. And we begin to operate living this way, seeing through these lenses from bondage from our ancestors. But like I said, you'll have a new name. Y'all belong to a new family in Jesus' name, right? So that's the first thing. The second thing that could keep us from seeing clearly is culture. Culture. These are two things, generational curses and culture. Um, Excuse me. Culture can affect our vision and how we view the world. And it's been doing so since the beginning of time. Um, The way people viewed things 20 years ago is completely different from the way people view things now. Can you all agree? Completely different. And and culture has changed completely from 20 years ago. Um, And and culture and the world's view changes. It's constantly changing. It's unreliable. You you can't live life based on what culture says or based on what, what your friends say or what they think. You have to go by what, what the Word of God says, because the Word of God, it never changes. God never changes, and it's the only reliable thing. Amen? Uh, Romans 12.2 says this. It says, uh, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will l- learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect. Who wants to know God's will for their lives? That's what we're talking about. Vision, knowing God's vision is knowing God's will. So I like the way it says that. It says, then you will learn. So, so don't copy the behavior of the world, the customs of this world, but be, re, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will know God's will for your life. So those are three, three simple steps. Um, but, but this is so important to know because the world will fight. The world will fight for you to view things the way that it does. Let, let me say it this way. Um, culture will fight for your sight. Culture will fight for your sight. Um, if you ever watch the news, anybody here watch the news? I don't, not really. Um, but news outlets, TV networks, um, talk show host, media, social media, all these people will try to get you to view the world and view things the way they see it. And that's what the, these outlets are doing. They're, they're putting on spiritual eyeglasses on people and changing their views. There's actually, um, there's actually a show. It's, it, it's, it's kind of interesting. There's a show called The View. Uh, and it has a, 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 an agenda like that. Um, so I, I don't watch that show. Um, 
But Colossians 2.8 says this. It says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense. I like how it says that. That come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world. So that's important. It's spiritual. It's a spiritual thing. Generational curses are spiritual and the influence and agendas of this world and of culture. It's a spiritual thing behind it. It's a spirit behind it. Are you getting that? It says that come from spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. So don't let culture put lenses on you. Um, Culture will try to to do two things. It's going to try to change your view on morality. That's the first thing. Don't don't let culture change your view on moral standards. Um, Culture says everyone's doing it. So you should do it. It's, it's the times we're living in. Everyone's sleeping around. Right? Everyone's getting high. Everyone's doing this. Everyone's doing that. It, it's, it's, it's okay. It's just everyone's doing it. Um, there, there's, a, there's a movie that I like, and I'm not ashamed to admit I like it. It's uh, called Cinderella. <laughs> Disney came out with it a few years ago. Uh, the actual movie, Cinderella. The, um, not the cartoon, but the actual movie. And um, I like that movie. So if you haven't seen it, go, go back home tonight and watch it. Um, but there's something that she says when she, she's actually in the woods and she meets the prince. And she doesn't actually realize that he's a prince. But they're out um, and they're, they're hunting. And she runs into this, this buck before uh, she runs into the prince. And she says, uh, take off, little buck. Like, run, run, whatever. And she tells him. Um, and then she meets the prince. And, and uh, the prince says that they're hunting. And she's like, well, why are you hunting? And she, he just says, it's, it's what's done. And she's like, just because it's what's done, it doesn't mean it, it's, it's what should be done, right? And I like that phrase that she says that. And then uh, later on, he talks to his dad, and his dad's trying to get him to marry for, for the gain of the kingdom. And he's just like, but I don't, I don't want to get married to this, this uh, princess or whatever. I want to marry for love. And uh, he, the, the dad tells him the same thing. It's what has to be done. And then he repeats that same phrase. He's like, just because it's uh, what's done doesn't mean that it's, it's what should be done, right? That's the same thing with culture. Just because it's what's done, it doesn't mean that it's what should be done. We can't look to the world. We can't look to our friends for moral standards. Culture will tell you, hey, it's okay to, to sleep around outside of being married. Culture would tell you it's okay to get high. It relaxes you. It, it will help with, um, it'll help you to focus in your work. It, 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 it's okay to, to get high because um, it helps with your pain, right? Or they'll say, tell you whatever it needs, but I, I'm telling you guys that those things, those are just temporal highs. They're, 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 you're gonna always want more. They're never gonna satisfy the sex and, and drugs and alcohol and those things, they're, they're, you're always gonna need more. But with Jesus, he's the only one that, that could satisfy you. And, um, and what my Bible says is that I have the mind of Christ. I don't need some drug to help my mind. I don't need some drug to help my body. I have the mind of Christ, which helps me. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And if God is for me, who can be against me? I don't need anything else to help me through life. <laughs> but Jesus, are y'all getting this? Um, Another thing is culture will try to influence your view on people. So it'll try to influence your view on morality 
It'll also try to influence your view on people. And this one's big. I remember when I was in uh, fourth grade and I went to public school pretty much um, all my life, um, except for middle school. But also in fourth grade, I actually changed schools and I went to a, a private school. And um, I was a new kid. I went halfway through the year. And um, you know how kids could be mean, right? Kids could be cruel. Um, I don't know what it is. Just kids are, kids are cruel. But um, I remember in our class was small. It was, a, it was a class of maybe 11 or 12 students. And everybody was mean to this, this little girl in the class. Everybody was mean. They, they, you know how kids are like, oh, she, she has a disease or she has cooties and things like that, right? Um, and I didn't think anything of, of it, but I realized that they're treating that little girl that way. And, um, and, and there's always a person assigned during lunchtime to carry all the lunch bags. Uh, and there's a different person every day to, to, to carry them. And um, I remember one time it was my turn to carry those lunch bags. And uh, I was carrying them in a crate and hers, that little girl's fell and I grabbed it and, and I put it in the crate and all the, all the other kids were like, you touched it, why did you touch it? They're like, that, that, that's gross, she has cooties. And I dropped it really quick. <laughs> and I was like, and I'm ashamed to say that. Um, but thank God by his grace, uh, the teacher noticed. And she came up and told me, she's like, Stephen, she's like, I noticed what you did. She's like, that wasn't very nice. And right then and there, it convicted me, like big time as, as a fourth grader, it convicted me and I realized that was wrong. And so uh, from then on, I'd never treated that girl any differently. I, I didn't care what the other students were saying. I wasn't going to be influenced by their thoughts any longer. Um, but, but too many times that the same thing is happening to us as adults, as young adults. And we're being influenced by our families in a negative way. We're being influenced by our friends. We're being, being influenced by, by social media and, and trying to be something, Right? trying to prove ourselves. But I'm telling you, those, those are just lenses. It's culture trying to put lenses on us, on, on God's children. Um, and, and let me tell you something. Um, the world and friends and family, they all can influence our view on people, on, on uh, race, ethnicity, on uh, genders, on uh, groups, religion, ETC, etc. So they could always impact our views on those things. But let me tell you something. Nothing uh, will blur your vision and purpose like being prejudiced. Nothing will blur your vision like that and, and stop your purpose. The word prejudice, if you break it down, it's prejudge. So you're, you're judging someone prematurely based on their outward appearance or based on what other people are saying about them, not based on what you know about them. And it's so easy to do as human beings, right? We look on, at someone on the outside and we already know all about them, right? But the truth is we know nothing about them. And um, I like how 1 Samuel sixteen seven says it. It says, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And God wants to remove these lenses, um, that culture and that, that family and that friends and that self-righteousness. A lot of times it could come out of self-righteousness too. 
He wants to remove those lenses that have been placed on us. He wants us to see things not the way others see them, but he wants us to see things the way he sees them. And it's only until then that we could actually have 2020 perfect vision. And only then could we actually fulfill our purpose on this earth, the purpose that God has for us. Um, and I'm, I'm going to close with these last stories about Jesus, but uh, I love Jesus' example on this. He never judged anybody. He never prejudged anybody. Jesus, uh, there's a story that he came to a well and he met a Samaritan woman. And the Samaritan woman, she had five divorces. And this woman who, from other people's view on her, she was promiscuous. But Jesus, he saw an evangelist. There's another man that he, he met. He met him in a, a cemetery. He was a crazy man. He was demon-possessed by legions of demons. And while others saw a maniac, the Bible says that he would cut himself and uh, he will howl and he would do a lot of crazy things. And other people saw a maniac, but Jesus, he saw, he saw a preacher. He saw a man of God. And after he delivered him, he sent him back to where he came from and he shared the good news about what Jesus did for him to his family and his friends. Um, uh, another woman by the name of Mary Magdalene, Jesus met her and she had seven demons, the Bible says. And while other people saw her as worthless, as trash, I don't know, Jesus saw her as a disciple and as a woman of God. And she became um, a disciple of Jesus and, and she's well known in the Bible, Mary Magdalene. She was the first woman to see Jesus, the resurrected Christ. She saw him and she was the one he sent her to go tell the disciples that he was risen. And everywhere Jesus went, he saw people this way. He saw people not through lenses of generational bondage and lenses of culture, but he saw them with clear vision. He saw them with 2020 vision. He saw them not as they were, but as he created them to be. And I believe that's how he sees you. That's how he sees me. That's how he sees us. That's why he calls us from where we were, right? He calls us out of our families. He calls us out of our culture. He calls us and he chooses us. And y'all are here tonight because y'all are chosen. Y'all are called by him. That's a sign that y'all are, are even here tonight, right? And, and I believe that's what he has. That's what he's speaking um, through this series. He wants us to see <clears throat> with, with clear vision. He wants us to see with opened eyes. He wants to remove the scales he wants to remove the, the hardness from our hearts. And only then can we fulfill our purpose on this earth. Amen. Thank you again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you did, please subscribe. That way you will always be in the know. Also, if you were impacted by the message today, please consider sharing it by clicking the share episode button or even taking a snapshot and sharing it on your social stories. We'll see you next time on the Limitless Podcast.